0: How's everybody doing? Good? Everybody say, hey, PD, so I know you're here. Hey, PD. Oh, that's good. That's good. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Derek, and I want to welcome you to Connect Community Church. We love people, and we just love God. What an incredible service so far, huh? I'm telling you what, you guys are a church alive. You know, somebody said church alive is worth the drive, right? Come on. Come on. So obviously some people doing some driving. Anyway, we had some incredible things happening this weekend. Um, If you don't know, Friday night, the 508 was in the house, and uh, we had our United event, and it was incredible under the leadership of my son and his incredible team. uh, Just under under 300 young people were in this room rocking it out. Um, Don't move around too much. I'm pretty sure the floor is really unstable as a result of all the activity that happened here. 25, 23. I think decisions for Christ on Friday night. People giving their heart to Jesus. Imagine that. Come on, somebody. Isn't that great? Yeah. A lot going on in the church alive. Uh, Friday and Saturday night, we had um, over I think uh, 52 couples on a marriage retreat in Providence, Rhode Island, and just seeing lives change. Marriage. Come on, all the married people. Come on, somebody. Turn to your husband and wife and say, "I still like you." If you're single, turn and say, I like you too. No, anyway. (laughs) That kind of a church. (laughs) Meet people here. It's called Connect for a reason. (laughs) Anyway, uh, a couple things I want to tell you about. Um, Number number one, uh, we got Easter coming up. I just want to just let you know that it's kind of a big deal. And the big deal is... You know, we're celebrating, you know, a risen Savior, and uh, we want to prepare a service that is fit for a king on that weekend. So Saturday, Sunday, uh, we're having services, and what we need from you that call this place your home, some of you, you know, I have these crazy terms, you know, fringe, frequent flyers, and family. Whatever category you fall into, would you let us know if you're going to be here on Easter? Because if you need a seat, you need a ticket, the tickets are free. Please, everybody say Free. Okay, so we're not charging anybody. If you don't show up with your ticket, we're not going to kick you out on the street. We just need to prepare who's going to be in a seat and who's going to be taking up space in the kids' world downstairs. And so if you would get online, get your ticket as soon as possible. Let us know what services you're coming to because we have hundreds and hundreds of people uh, that have to prepare for the thousands of people that are coming. We're going to literally double our services over Easter, and we just know that just from just histories and things like that. And I also want to say, if you have questions about this, by the way, and I haven't said something you want to know, We need tickets for your kids, tickets for you. They're free. If you're taking up a seat and using space, please get your tickets online. If you have questions, go to Guest Central after services, every service for the next few weeks, but please let us know as soon as possible so we can prepare. Also, inside your worship guide, did you get one of these thingamadougies? These things, just kind of a tool. So we provided a bunch of tools. We're going to see, show you some stuff next week. I believe we'll have something very soon that you can share uh, through social media that is going to be off the hook. Uh, we have a, a guest that was that was also... Uh, Uh, at 508 on uh, Friday night, and he's going to be producing something else. We're producing it, but he's performing something else that we can share to invite friends. But in addition to that, just a little invite card. Sometimes people can talk a little bit easier if they have a tool in their hand to use, to connect with people. I typically talk better with things in my hands as well. This microphone helps a lot. If it wasn't this, it might be like a Red Bull or something like that. So, just want to give you those tools to be able to invite people. The best time to get a yes for Easter, uh, for a service, is on Easter. Okay, so most people, if you just ask them, would come. It's higher than ever during the Easter season. So, how many you invite somebody to church? Come on, give me a yes. Give me an amen. Give me I will. All right, there you go. So that tool's there for you. My second announcement is SNL tonight. Okay, Sunday Night Live. I'm telling you. You don't want to miss tonight, okay? We're in a series that we've been doing called Firepower, or I like to say Firepower. Um, we're going to continue the series tonight. So this will be the fifth installment of the series Firepower, talking about, in a follow-up to last week's message. How many here last week's message? Good and high, good and high. Did you get something out of that last week? So this is the piggyback to that, all right? This is just the follow-up, the sequel. It's only going to get better, go higher. Uh, We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have an encounter with God. That last song of the worship experience we just had, you know, the Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit into this house and just let him have his way. So if you want to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, you want to be here tonight, it's going to be off the chain. Last thing I want to say, and this is the most important one, you know, for right now, is that we have some very special, important VIP guests in our house. They're really not guests to me, they're not even friends, they're family. These are like um, parents, spiritual parents to Stacy and I. And as a result, they are to you. If they speak in our life, they speak into your life. And uh, Papa John, Pastor John, and Pastor Helen Burns are here uh, from Vancouver, Canada, Relate Church. And uh, they've spoken to our church on many occasions they their back. They did an incredible job at our marriage retreat. Um, it's just uh, special to me because um, we've not only had the opportunity to kind of see them, and get to know them, but they've, they've just invested and poured into us. And we feel uh, a strong and divine flow connection uh, with them. It's a God thing. I'll let them kind of unpack it if they decide to. but would you please just give like the best connect welcome you can to uh, Pastor John and Pastor Helen Burns as they come up to speak to us? Come on, guys, give it up. Stand to your feet. Let's come on. Let's bring honor where honor is due. Amen. Thank you.
1: Good morning. You may be seated. Are you on?
2: I am. You Listen, are?
1: Yeah. She's on.
2: Hallelujah. I am always on.
1: <laughs> we love your pastors, and so we love you, because church is a family, and it's amazing what we How can do. How good is their
2: family, too?
1: Yeah. I've, Those kids. I always say that, you know, we, we, we get to travel quite a bit, and, and I, I love hanging out with the pastors, but I love hanging out with their kids even more.
2: Yeah. They're, they're very cool.
1: Yeah, and your pastors... I love your pastors, but I love their kids more. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: and actually, it's That's amazing. how you get points with the, with the parents, when you love their kids more. We know. That yeah. matters.
1: It, it actually does. And, and so even to take that into church, um, if we love your pastors, I'll tell you, we love you more.
2: Yeah.
1: And <laughs> it's important to understand that because church is a family, and, and basically... Yeah. There's nothing you can't do. It is amazing. It's miraculous what you could do if you hook up and you recognize the power that we have as a family, you know, totally given into what God has for us. And I I really believe the future of this amazing family is really, really bright.
2: It's kind of fun to come back and see what God's done in a year. It's been pretty amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Well done. Give him a
0: hand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well done, church. Hey, I was thinking about it. Statistically, the highest attendance of every church in North America is on Easter Sunday. Fantastic. And I know you guys are going to blow it up. You're going to have double your services for sure. But work hard, too, on that next Sunday. Because statistically, that's the lowest lowest. (laughs) attendance, and uh, it's not going to be the case here, right? You're going to get them, bring them, and then bring them the next week too, and uh, it's going to be an amazing time. I'm excited for you.
1: Yeah, you only get one crack at a great life. Yeah. You don't come back again. (laughs) You you actually get one crack, and let's do it. Let's let's have a great, great life and make a big difference for eternity. So what we want to talk to you about is love. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Is that your best Barry White?
1: <laughs> no, no, but she always makes fun of it. I can't say it without, you know, getting a little bit, uh, I See, don't know why. Just love. It just, love. yeah, when I say love, that's kind of lame, isn't it?
2: No, sounds really. Right? Silly.
1: When, you, when you say love, <laughs> now you're feeling it, right? Guys, come on, help me out a little bit. <laughs> love. So, you know, this is the the love month, Valentine's, and all the rest of it, and... uh Um, We, you know, typically love to talk about relationships and love is the power, it's the glue, it's what it's all about. But I don't think our world really understands what love is. I mean, it is the central theme of almost every movie, every book, everything. Love makes the world go round, as the the song, you know, says. But I don't think the world knows what it is. So we thought we would just take a few minutes and talk about what love really is. And the Bible is the answer, okay? So we're going to address it from the, from the point of view. Of what does the Bible say? I hope you get something out of it. But let me, let me start with a quote from C.S. Lewis. He said, Love, as distinct from being in love, is not merely a feeling. It is a deep unity maintained by the will and, listen to this, deliberately strengthened by habit. So good. Wow. In other words, love isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you actually have to choose and then you, you have to continue. And, and you build it and it happens through habit. And if you were to go to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say about love? Most of us wouldn't, would know there's a lot of scriptures, but there's a really, really famous one. It actually was read at our wedding and a lot of you that are married, it might be the same. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. So let me read to you a little bit of what Paul says about love. Verse 4, he says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice or rejoices whenever the truth but, rejoices. but but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Yeah. Did you recognize how that kind of love is hard? It's difficult. I would say it's impossible. It's impossible. It really is. It's so counter what we as human beings were, you know, in the mammal world, because you know what the, the, you know, the scientists tell us, we're just evolved. But you know, that evolution, the principle of evolution is survival of the fittest, fittest which is opposite to what we just read. What we just read is we're giving our, our life away. We're not looking after number one. We're not, we're, we're not trying to get something, we're trying to give something. It's... it's, it's opposite to the way we were, our feelings are. And so recognize to love God's way requires power that we don't have. And that's why I would say, if we're going to talk about what love is, the number one thing is to recognize love is God-centered. It's God-centered. If you really want to love, you can't without God. If you really want a great life, you can't have it without God. It is God-centered. Yeah. I'm not, not, not just God on the outskirts, in you know, skirts or just when you need him or, you know, every other Sunday morning. It's God-centered. Yeah. But with God-centered, we have this ability to have this great life. And God is love, the Bible teaches us. So to have the life we were created for is a life of love. But you can't do it without God. And one of my favorite scriptures that really did absolutely transform my life was I I was a stutterer for years. I stuttered. I couldn't talk. It was the major criteria issue that I dealt with in my life. And one day I listened to this speaker talk about the miracles, what God was doing. And I was so excited that God is a miracle working God and he is. And he, he, he ended with quoting Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, this is where Jesus said to his apostles, don't do anything, but wait for the Holy Spirit. For when he comes upon you, you'll receive power to be my witness. And then he said, if any of you want that power, come on up here. Well, I didn't know what witness meant. I just thought it meant talk. So if God had power to help me talk, I just got up my seat. I was up the front. He prayed a simple prayer. I was baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And I haven't shut up since. But when I began to go back and unpack that, what does that really mean? Do you know the word witness was really interesting? Because the the, the English word witness is a translation of the Greek word, which it was originally written in. um, And its root is the word martyr. It it comes from the same root. So God's going to give us power to be a martyr. Or give us power to give our life away. Or give us power to stop being me, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. In other words, God's going to give us power to love. Because that's what love is. Love is giving. Love is giving your life away. Love is the best life possible. But if you live without God, it's going to be a gimme, gimme. And you know, scientists even tell us that that if you are are doing something good for somebody else, okay, you're loving somebody else by serving them. Really, it's self-serving. Why? Because what happens when you love somebody, when you give something, when you serve somebody, your brain lets off these happy drugs, oxytocin and dopamine, and and so really you're doing it for yourself. Okay. (laughs) Then explain to me the cross. Where does that come in? Because the cross is the example of love. And the cross is every one of us. Jesus said, you're going to pick up your cross and follow me. It's really love in its most purest, raw form. And there was no gimme, gimme. There was no end result. You know, you got some happy drugs from that. No, Jesus died on that cross. He gave it all on the cross. It's it's beyond us actually grasping it. But it is the greatest picture of love. And we get to have that kind of love in relationships. So love is, firstly, God-centered.
2: You know, in John chapter 15, that gorgeous scripture... It starts with Jesus talking about, I am the vine and you are the branches if you remain in me. And it talks about our life source has to be centered in God. And he goes on to talk about um, in laying down, greater love is no one than this, that he lays down his life for his fellow man, for his brother, for his sister. It's this beautiful picture of love. And all of John chapter 15, 16, and 17 are just this gorgeous sermon by Jesus. And one of the things in there in John chapter 15, verse 15, which is the next point we'd Love to come to talking about love love looks like friendship but it's not friendship as the world knows it again and it uh here in john chapter 15 15 it says i no longer call you servants for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing but i have called you friends for all things that i've heard from my father i have made known to you and so again we see this picture of a relationship with jesus jesus centered now we see it um Poured out and lived out through relationships. And Jesus called us friend. I have revealed to you everything that the Father has revealed to me. And it talks about intimacy. And every growing relationship that is God-centered will grow in friendship. It's not the high school mentality that I used to have. I always, I, I, I look at my high school season and, you know, it was, a I loved high school. Few people do like it as much as I did because I did have a lot of relationships, but I didn't have that friend factor because it wasn't always centered in God, um, For a, which is, it's more of, um, do you like me? Okay, I like you too. What are you wearing today? Okay, I'll wear that too. It's about can, can we be alike? Do we have similarities? Do we like the same things? When it comes to kingdom, it's not like that. It, it's, you have friends in every spectrum of society. You have, you know, friend, my closest friendship, obviously, is my marriage. And we didn't really experience true friendship until we centered our marriage in God. Because it wasn't always and our marriage at that point, many of you have heard the story, after four years was very broken because we were married, in, technically married, but we hadn't grown to become the one that God had really created us to be. And so today I look at our friendship, which is the heart, you want a marriage that goes the distance, develop a great friendship. Because here it's talking about intimacy. Um, I have revealed everything to you, we've grown in intimacy. But he's not my only friend, I'm so, that, he is my central friend. Um, but I have.
1: She has girlfriends, praise the Lord. Yeah. I told her I can't be your girlfriend
2: and I so don't want you to be (laughs) but I have many (laughs) I have many friends and John has many friends and I'm so grateful for the friendship factor but a friendship that isn't God-centered again is limited in its ability to grow and to really become everything that God's created it to be I think of even like I look at you know these beautiful young girls and I look at the the um, the relationship that I have today I have three daughters when they were little i mean i'm always going to be mom in their life but i think some of my closest friends are my daughters we've grown in friendship in intimacy it's so beautiful what happens there but it's also you know and i think of i have granddaughters and 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 grandsons and that's a growing friendship but i have a world of friends friends that are you know i look at the fries they aren't just you know acquaintances in ministry no they're friends of the heart we can be open and honest with each other because we're not afraid to reveal our hearts to one another. And I wonder who that is in your world. That if you don't have, I meet so many lonely people. They're lonely. They may be married. They may have family, but they're lonely and isolated because they have not developed the friendship factor. And the friendship factor is where you just trust God to, that you can grow beyond the surface To go deeper in relationship and sometimes you just have to open your eyes and realize god has placed people in your life and there's risk involved because oh yeah we've been hurt in friendship everyone's been hurt in friendship people let you down but you don't just go that's it i'll never build another friendship you just keep going i used to love my i would watch my little granddaughter i remembered her at the park one day and it preached to me and uh she's about four and somebody went up and she went up and she goes hi and there's like a little group of girls playing. She goes, Hi, wanna play with me? No. Okay, went on to the next group. <laughs> she just kept going, and I thought that we could be like a four year old again that doesn't give up on the whole world of friendship because somebody at the swing set said no. Or treated, I'm looking at them thinking, I'm gonna take you little girls out. But. <laughs> But she just went to the next and eventually found someone who was happy to play with her. I think we need to grow up in relationship and realize the enemy is always trying to steal the opportunity for friendship. And you have to know that friendship has a lot of want to attach to it. You have to push through the hard places, push through the challenges to get to the heart of the issue, which is having a God-centered relationship, which is intimate and growing, and it changes who you are. So the heart of love is friendship.
1: Number three, recognize that love is a faithful heart. Yep, Love is a faithful heart. Faithful is, is really, it's a character issue. It's about you. It's not about what you feel for somebody else. It's simply the, the you. And you can't have a great love relationship without a great you. Because yeah. when you come into a relationship, what you offer is you. And God wants us to, to offer something that is attractive, something that is is, is lovable, something that is amazing. And I think well, a lot of people, the reason they're lonely starts with themselves. Yeah. They don't like who they are. But God loves us just the way we are. And then he begins to work in our heart, and we develop a faithful heart. And faithful is something that can't... It's, it's not seen by you know, hormones, goof, you know, goosebumps, brain drugs. When you meet somebody, you have that infatuation, and all of a sudden, oh, and you're so faithful to that person. You can't see faithful in that place. You can't see faithful. And, and to me, one of the best verses or the best places in the Bible to understand faithful is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He says, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. Yes. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. In other words, I can't see faithfulness with the, little, with, with the big things, only in the little things. If I wanted to, to tell who was really faithful in this church, and, and so I said, I'm going to test you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to preach, I, you can't see faithful in that. Because you will rise up to what you want to do. And the way to do it is if I want to see who's faithful, let let me give you a job to go scrub toilets and see if you're happy to do that and singing praise and worship while you're doing it.
2: (laughs) Because you would. (laughs) But it's a good point.
1: (laughs) She's so glad I love her. but you got my point, all right? So faithful is actually a character issue. You don't turn it on or turn it off. You can't be faithful to some people and not faithful to others. That's why if you're looking for a person, you're looking for that relationship, you need to look from a distance when they don't know you're looking. You need to look and see how they, they are treating their family, how they're treating other people, how, how they, they you know, are in church when no one's watching. You want to see a worship leader? Don't watch them when they're, they're leading worship up here. Watch them when nobody's watching them and we're worshiping and they're in the back row. That's where you really see it. Why? Because it's a character issue. And, and a faithful heart has the ability to trust You can't build a relationship without trust. But trust isn't something you turn off or on. Trust is the steel on the inside of you that you believe in. It's because God loves you and you begin to to respond to that and, and have this security and this strength and a faithful heart. If you have a faithful heart, you are able to forgive. And, you know, a lot of people, they forgive here or there. But really, forgiveness is a strength that you develop in your life. And if you really wanna have great love relationships, be a great forgiver. And the first one you need to learn to forgive is yourself. You need to continually, and and the great thing about that is we have lots of opportunities, don't we? Uh Well, maybe you don't, but I have a lot of opportunities (laughs) to forgive myself.
2: Can you forgive me for interrupting you earlier? Yeah, uh, about the singing while you (laughs) clean the toilet part.
1: I already did that. (laughs) if you have a faithful heart you are actually able to commit and if if you can't commit you can't accomplish what God's called you to do because commitment is that bond that you give by a matter of your will again love is a commitment of your will and, and, and commitment, you know, somebody was saying to me, I think it was Pastor Dee said, you know, I heard this one person say, my only commitment is that I'll never commit. To anything. <laughs> that is one stupid person. That's Hope a useless life. That's a <laughs> wasted life. That life can never accomplish anything that God's called it to accomplish. Because you, you can't do it alone. And commitment is the, is the will factor that you will do life together. But it comes out of a faithful heart. So love is a faithful heart. Look for those faithful hearts and begin to build life together. And I think church is, is an amazing place where you can develop that in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's all relationship-based. That's what church is. It's yeah. relationships. It's really not sitting in, in a seat, you know, at, attending something. It's about being planted in relationships. And faithful heart is what you grow out of it.
2: So good. Can I give an example of true faithfulness? A few weeks ago, it was—I was, um, was going to say Grey Cup weekend, but it's Super Bowl—and uh, one of the one of our team is such a hardcore Broncos fan, <laughs> like hardcore. And so he answers to our daughter in you know his role in in church, and because she's executive pastor. And so she sends. He's excited. He's planned his Super Bowl day. He's got it all sorted. So when a text comes through and says, uh, "So pastor wants to meet with you tomorrow." Okay what what time um so it was exactly during the game time right like just right there and oh and what would he like to meet about um um just about the website he just wants to do something with it and uh, of course this has never happened before and so how long do you think the meeting will take oh probably five hours he really wants to talk about it and and he writes back he said yep I'll be there. You could feel him hesitating. And Angela wrote back, ha-ha, you sure passed the test. (laughs) Because it was just just being cheeky because he's so hardcore. And I thought, I loved him before, but I love him even more because he would have sat there for five hours with pastor talking about a a website. That would have been a
1: commitment for me. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the truth.
1: (laughs) I think more of a commitment for me than him.
2: But... uh, So the next thing we wrote down that that we believe is true commitment that what love looks like is growing in strong communication skills, growing, be willing to grow in it and so it's powered and driven by a keen desire to understand their personal world. It's not just about you, but getting into the heart of another person, and this is the deal. Even in the most committed relationships, you will have lots of disagreements. That's just the nature of relationship, and I think the more um, intimate we get, the, chan- the reality is there's going to be more things that will disagree, on. opposites attract, and not just in marriage, but relationally. There's, there's, there's just, you know, stuff we're growing in, and I think God. sets it up that way. He puts you together because there's somebody he brings into your world that you need to know what they know. And sometimes the challenge of growing that is, well, almost always the challenge of growing that is not easy. That's why you have to be committed to communicate. And uh, you think, well, I'm not a good communicator. I'm not born a good communicator. Nobody is. Anyone who's a great communicator made a commitment to grow and to get to know the heart of another person. And so the one thing, though, that you, you may not agree on, anyth- on everything or anything for that matter, but the one thing you must actually agree on is that you'll never give up pushing through the obstacles. That will come your way when it comes to communication, because every communication journey, every relationship journey has to have two things present, I believe, and we learn this from Jesus. It says here in John chapter 17, you see, Moses gave us rules to live by, but Jesus offered us gifts of... Truth and grace. And so so often we don't want to know the truth. And yet John chapter 8 teaches us, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But I think truth often looks a lot like, ouch, hallelujah. And I think sometimes in order, well, I know that in order for me to grow, there's things I've had to hear that I did not want to hear. I want to say, what, you're telling me that? Want me to tell you what I think about you? That's what you want. We don't want to change because change is never comfortable. And so, but in order to become the person God's called you to be, to make love the highest law, if you will, the highest rule, we have to be willing to look at truth. And truth is when somebody looks past just the surface and and goes and and deals with your heart. And and to become the best husband or wife or friend or parent or leader, you have to be willing to face truth, truth about yourself. And I I love the scripture, uh, David Wrote in one of the Psalms, help me to know truth in my inner man. Psalm 51. Um, it talks about that. Help, I think verse 6, help me to know truth in my inner man. I want to know what that is. Sometimes we can't see it, but somebody else can. Yeah. But the goal of, of truth is like Jesus, you bring it with truth and grace. Because what happens is truth freaks us out. But grace comes alongside And now we can walk through this together. Because where truth is present without grace, it's not beautiful. But truth and grace walking together is transformational. And so grace is what covers. Grace is what, it's the balm, if you will, that makes you come alongside and says, I'm going to walk this out with you. I didn't just tell you the truth so I'd leave you there to deal with it. I'm coming with you, and I'm going to walk this out together with you. And as we walk this out together, we'll be stronger. And that's what a growing, loving relationship looks like. Willing to take the person by the hands. If John tells me something about my truth, the truth about myself that I don't want to see, he's not just telling me, here, deal with it. He's going, I see this. I'm with you. Let's walk this out together. That's grace and truth. And every growing relationship needs that. Parents, you need that with teenagers. Well, with your children, you need that grace with everybody that, you can, that love is present in. It will be seen in truth and grace as we communicate. And so you might think, well, I'm just not going to say anything. Well, that's not loving. When you love someone, you have the courage to come alongside and tell them what they need to hear. Um, let, let me just this, I'm going to share this in, in Proverbs 12:18. It says, "There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing." And that's what we want to be, is a balm of healing in the life of another person, loving them enough to not leave them where they are, but to help them get to where they need to go. And you will never go where God's called you to go without faithful friends who are willing to love you enough to tell you the truth with grace applied.
1: That's so good, isn't it? So good. you You recognize that life is a journey. It's a journey from who you are to who you're becoming. And God has actually brought people into your world to help you get there and you'll never get there without people, but you'll never get there without truth and grace. Nope. And if you have a relationship that you can't speak the truth to, then that relationship's not going anywhere. Well, it's not. And a relationship that's not going anywhere is dead. But uh, you know, I just think it's so important. I think of in, in uh, you know, sorry, I'm, um, I just thought that was such a great point you brought up. Um, preach, baby, I preach. I think even you know, on, on, on the good side, On the the fun side, I remember a day when uh, I was sitting in a a meeting and listening to this guy speaking, and I had spent 25, 26 years of my life stuttering, and there's no way in the world I ever even dreamt I would do that. And she looks at me, and she said, I can see you doing that one day. Scared the crap out of me.
2: It's a bad word.
1: Is that a bad word here? Yes, it is. Scared the doo-doo out of me.
2: It scared you.
1: Scared me. It scared me. It's not near as strong, but it scared me.
2: He thinks he's speaking Canadian.
1: But because of the relationship and she would walk it with me, something rose up on the inside of me. There's been other times when she would speak to me the truth about something that was not easy to hear but at the same time because of the grace because of the the how i know that she grace is, unlim, is unmerited favor i know that she favors me i i was able to handle that and go forward but the the end result is that relationships take you where you know somewhere and grace and truth are absolutely vital that communication and so let me end with with one more, and that is love is living with passion. Love is living with passion.
0: Love.
1: I love passion. Passion is a heart. It's a burning heart desire. Passion is living life to the fullest. I don't think anyone should live a boring life. I really think boring is a sin. And you know what's going to stop you from living boring? Relationships. Love. Love. Love actually causes you to become passionate. Can you remember when you asked Jesus to come into your heart and you began this relationship with yeah. Jesus? You did not look like the same person the next day. No. Nope. You did not act like the same person the next day. Something took you over. Something came alive. Something came up yeah. from the inside of you and, and, and it changed everything. It's the same thing in relationships. Love is living with passion. I remember, you know, when I, when I met Helen and, in, 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 you know, I began to, to recognize and love what was inside of her. It, our, her. She caused me to become a different person. In other words, something rose up on the inside of me. And I really think that love does that. Um, one of the, the things I've talked about so much lately because it just overwhelms me is. It's a revelation is understanding the principle of resonance. The principle of resonance so important. It's, it's simply in a physical world. It's, if you put a piano on two ends of the hall, go over there and play high C on that one. Listen to that. All by itself, it's playing high C. So how does that happen? Well, it's because those two strings are exactly the same. They are created with the same vibration, the same everything. And when this one's vibrating at that, it, it's, it's, it, this one has the ability to actually come to the same level of vibration. And you know, we've been all created with a purpose. God, before the foundation of the world, saw the need and created you. You are the answer to a need. There's a, there's a destiny on the inside of us. And when we actually get around Another person that has that same destiny, something starts to vibrate. And it's kind of like you've got something deep down inside of you that might even be, be kind of, um, you know, held down, but that vibration loosens it and it, it rises up, and, and you recognize there's something about this relationship. And I, I, I love that. I really do believe to live life to the fullest, to live life with passion. It's a result of love. Love is living with passion. Love for God, love for people, love, love your life. Just never get old, okay? Make a decision. Don't get old. Old is boring. Just because your chronological years on the planet grow every year, you don't have to get boring. Why? Stay in love. Stay loving life to the fullest. <sighs> Let me pray for you. Yeah, thank you. It's true. Thank you, Lord. You are a great church. Really, you are. Great family. But what makes you great is right in the center. It's Jesus. So let me pray for you. Can you just bow your heads with me? And close your eyes and the reason I ask you to do that is just to give you a moment. Privacy. You and God. And I'd ask you to listen. What's God saying to you? What have we said that God said? He, he, he takes it, he speaks those words and stirs you up. And so the big question is what's your takeaway? Because the Bible says God's word never returns void, it's always going to accomplish. What's your takeaway? Are you going to walk out and recognize that I, I, I could live with passion? Recognize that truth and grace, wow. Recognize that, that your heart can be strong. You can be a great friend. Most of all, I hope you walk away and recognize Jesus needs to be the center. And I'd like to pray for you. If when you walked in here today, you could not say that, that I'm living my life right, I'm living for Jesus. Jesus is the center. Because that's what Lord means. And and he can't be anything else because he is Lord. So if Jesus is not center, Lord of your life, don't leave that way. This is your opportunity right now. Change that. Maybe you've never asked Jesus, come into my heart and take your place. Be the Lord of my life. Today's your day. I wanna pray a simple prayer for you right now. I'm not gonna embarrass you and pray for you right where you sit, but you have to respond to God. Or maybe you say, I remember a day when I prayed a prayer like that, but, you know, if, if we don't continue to build that relationship, we just slip, and we call that backsliding, but as we just, we just slip away from that, we end up in a place we never thought we'd be, where Jesus is off, not in the center, but off in a, in a distant part. There's a distance between us and Him. And you just need to get back to that place with a decision. So I'm going to ask you to make that decision today. That's you. Could you say yes to God? Could I pray a simple prayer on your behalf? So all over the room with your heads bowed, nobody looking around, you'd say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. I am saying, yes, I want to get right with God. I want Jesus, center of my life. Pray for me that's you wherever you're sitting slip your hand up thank you 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 all over the room thank you just just put your hand up to God it's really to him you're saying yes to him it's really not about me or the people around you it's a choice and I'm asking you to make that choice and some of you might be thinking I'm not ready to make that choice but I want you to know that's a choice it's just not a yes if you need to say yes to God, you haven't slipped your hand up, do it now. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Yes. Yes. It's the greatest life possible. Be the center of it all. Jesus. All right. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask everyone in the room to pray this simple prayer. I'll, I'll give you the words, but prayer is talking to God, so let's just talk to Him together, okay? Everyone say this, Lord Jesus. I believe in you. You're the son of God. You died on that cross. Take my place. So right now, I open my heart and I ask you to come in. Take your rightful place. Sit on the throne in my heart. Be my Lord. I give you my life. From this moment on, I'm living for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, church.